Welcome to The Edge of Understanding. I'm your host, Mike Holmes. It is November 19th, 2023, and we have quite a bit of interesting news today. But more than anything, I think we're going to discuss one story in particular. I do want to get to it, but before we do, of course, we, there's all kinds of stuff right out there, and we are going to touch upon what the mainstream likes to talk about. And, of course, this was released before this latest news, so they don't even discuss it, and I'm grateful. They're going to discuss it tomorrow, more than likely, at their news recap tomorrow morning. I think it should be one of the five things that they're going to have us know for tomorrow on Monday, but for the weekend, that is not one of the things. So let's start there with CNN. First off, United Nations workers visited the besieged Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza City where they found a mass grave near the entrance and said signs of shelling and gunfire were evident. The World Health Organization called the facility a death zone, quote unquote. So that was a nothing story. Thank you, World Health Organization and United Nations workers. Two, two organizations we literally have zero trust in. I have no idea why you would trust them with anything. I, and I, and I'm, I'm just upset that they even quote them, that they refer to them, that, that anyone is looking for their sort of report or whatever they're going to get back to us. Oh, thank you, UN. You're, you've been, you have such a wonderful track record that even now we just can't wait to hear what you have to say about what's going on at, uh, Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza City. Yet, yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. This is absurd. The WHO? Really? Who gives a rip what the World Health Organization says? I mean, seriously, at this point, they're just a joke. It's a, a very expensive joke, but a joke nonetheless. All right, this actually goes back to my old stomping grounds. Actually, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. And there's a story, a manhunt is over for the man suspected in the shooting deaths of three women and a 13-year-old girl in Memphis, Tennessee, after police say he was found dead from what appears to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I think that's probably good news, although it's the coward's way out. It makes sense. So uh, that's usually what happens. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you're willing to murder innocent people, you usually are a coward. So... That's, that's I think, good news. I mean, as good news as you can get in such a, a horrible situation where four, four people are dead because of this individual. So four people dead is considered a mass shooting, right? Four or more. And so now it's five. And so that's considered one of the mass shooting statistic. You know, add that to the list. Tally that one on there. For the left, they love those. Okay, next, SpaceX's gargantuan deep space rocket system, Starship, safely lifted off, but its mission ended prematurely with an explosion and a loss of signal over the Gulf of Mexico. A previous attempt in April also failed. So it did actually lift off, which is good. It didn't um, get too far, unfortunately. What else? A Colorado judge ruled that former President Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection on January 6, 2021, 
but rejected an attempt to remove him from the state's 2024 primary ballot, finding that the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist ban doesn't apply to presidents. I, Interesting. I almost don't even know. I mean, he's wrong, I think, on both accounts. But the truth is the 14th Amendment is sort of a joke, so I'm glad he's treating it like one. That's good news. But I think it's obvious he didn't engage in any sort of insurrection. That's absurd. Next, former First Lady Rosalind Carter has entered hospice care at home in Plains, Georgia. The Carter Center announced she was diagnosed with dementia earlier this year. Former President Jimmy Carter, 99, began home hospice care in February. If only we could get those same doctors to take a look at Joe Biden. Actually, just... (laughs) Just earlier this week, I talked to somebody who said, yeah, they say that there's actually four different people that are taking Joe Biden's place that all lookalikes. And apparently that they, they're all very different. They look different in certain ways. And we're not sure if any one of them is Joe Biden himself, which could be true. He could, I mean, Joe Biden could be dead. We have no idea. And you may or may not have seen these videos. I think they're fascinating or videos, sorry, photos, really. You can check out the videos too, but the, uh, the the physical differences are bizarre, and you know I I try not to worry too much about stuff that I have no control over and I don't have time for, and I don't have time to follow up to see with actual original video from left or left leaning news outlets, the mainstream media, to see if their video. If I could, you know, get a little closer, maybe a close up of President Biden in any of those videos to see these physical attributes to point out if they are different, because it's also true that some of these things could be faked, right? You could take a frame from one of these videos or a photo taken and you can doctor it. So I have no idea what's real. The truth is, and you could doctor it either way, you could actually take the original, you could go back and fix it. So you almost have to watch brand new news and record it yourself and then go back and take a closer look. So yeah, I I don't have time for that, but I find it fascinating. That said, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent. This is about Rosalind Carter. I think it's fascinating and just, well, I think it's, it's sad that Rosalind Carter has dementia. I'm sure she's probably a decent person. This is back when decent people actually um, were involved in politics, or at least to some degree, decent people. I I know some people involved in politics were absolutely not decent, Um, at at least at that level, right? There were presidents and presidents' wives that were not at all decent. And I, I would point to FDR, who's obviously long since dead, and his horrible wife, both of which were war criminals, in my opinion, or close to it, um, encouraged such things and outright communists slash, slash socialists. But Rosalind Carter, I don't hold any ill will to. I don't know enough about her to do that, but I assume the best. Jimmy Carter, he was a horrible president, and but he is still alive, and I'm just amazed. 99. Wow, that is amazing. So what else? The you know, this coming up, they talk about, oh, Monday, annual tradition, presidential Thanksgiving turkey pardon, all this. I don't care. I'm not interested. Um, can move right along from that. November 20, they say, is the Transgender Day of Remembrance. 
an annual observance that honors the memory of the transgender people whose lives were lost in violent acts of hate. And I have to admit, I don't know why we need a whole day of that. I think the individual people who were lost in violent acts of hate should be remembered. I don't know any of these people, so maybe that's a day where I should... Hopefully they'll have a list, because I don't know who these are. I'm sure they exist. I'm not denying that. What I'm saying is... I don't, I don't remember any, so um, maybe that's why that's a day. Uh, also on Tuesday, Los Angeles motorists who have been dealing with the closure of a heavy traffic stretch of freeway may catch a break in elevated section of Interstate 10 that was damaged recently by that massive fire. Underneath it is expected to reopen two days before Thanksgiving on Tuesday, of course, well ahead of previous estimates. It's almost like it was a planned burn. Hmm, I wonder. Anyway, um... Don't want to throw out any more conspiracy theories, but I think that's obvious one. If you weren't paying attention, it sure seemed like it. Um, it was just homeless encampments going up in flames, and you know somebody's insurance was just eaten away. They, their policy was just sitting there, burning a hole on their counter, right, or on their desk for who knows how long. And they said, you know what, I got a plan. But that's just what it looks like. Who knows? November twenty second. That's going to be Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. It marks 60 years since President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas. So that is a sad day. I actually think John F. Kennedy Jr. was, or sorry, John F. Kennedy, JFK, was one of the best presidents in the last, uh, well, in the last 60 years, Um, maybe in the last 100. So, yeah, I think that's saying something. But uh, was he great? No, no, he wasn't. But was he seemed to be a decent person. I think his economics were way off, just as his nephews are, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. But nonetheless, seemed like a decent person who wanted to do the right thing. And so that's interesting. Obviously, Thursday coming up is Thanksgiving. So have a happy Thanksgiving. I will try to release a second episode this week. I don't know exactly when it'll be because of Thanksgiving and the holiday. But for now, just remember that I am wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. Hope it goes great. And what else did we want to talk about? Well, <laughs> beyond beyond Thursdays, obviously Friday, Black Friday. What does that mean? Black Friday. We uh, I may or not have talked about this before, but uh, I know I mentioned it on the radio, and we talked about how. This, the reason Black Friday is called Black Friday is because the belief, or at least the understanding, I don't know what you want to call it, that most retail businesses don't actually begin making back money in order to start profiting until the day after Thanksgiving, the sale called Black Friday or the sale day of the Friday after Thanksgiving. So it became Black Friday because that was when they went from the red and they started breaking over into the profit margin or the profit side of things and showing a profit and going in the black. So Black Friday. It's not black because it's just a horrible day. It's it's not. And it shouldn't be. Hopefully it's not for you. If you don't like all that crazy, then I would recommend just avoiding it. You know, most places have Black Friday sales already on. So make sure you get to them this week before Thanksgiving rather than after. What else? 
most of them are also continuing on Saturday. Now, yes, there's always those Black Friday door-busting deals, right? You, They just want you to come in on that day. I just don't think most of them are worth it. Maybe a few of them, and if so, great. Spend some time there and enjoy it and move on, but otherwise get some extra rest on what is also called Family Day, the Friday after Thanksgiving. That is worth celebrating, absolutely. If uh, If we can't enjoy family, especially this time of year, then what can we enjoy? All right, so what happened beyond this that we don't hear about from, of course, CNN and their early release of the weekend news that we need to know? Well, (laughs) yes, Argentina. So if you haven't been following the situation, Argentina had a runoff election. Well, they had an election a little while back, and there were three candidates. One of those three got the least, so they what they have is a runoff election. If one of those three isn't the clear winner, meaning 50% or more, so of the three remaining, or sorry, the two remaining, they, the two highest, I should say, of the three candidates, the two highest, or with the, the most popular of the three, the two of the most, the two most popular of the three, goodness, see if I can get this out, they continue on in the election, and the third most popular is out. And then the two remaining have a runoff election. So the, another election. And that happened today. So what does that mean? Well, there's a winner. Someone has won. And who is that? That is Javier Millet. So Argentina's, this is a story on Business Insider, which I don't think is a great place to get your news, but it's uh, the Associated Press. Um, has actually got the story and they are just sharing it or the business insider is just sharing it with us. The Associated Press is is left-leaning. It may not be hard left, but it's clearly very left. They say Argentina's Trump-like presidential candidate who proposed making the U.S. dollar the country's official currency wins election after his opponent concedes defeat. Okay, so far, so good. I think it's fascinating that they call him Trump-like don't know where, other than the fact that he doesn't care what anybody says, that he's willing to do and say things that most people would not consider okay, and he's not vulgar, I don't think, and not like Trump has been, or he's not uh, um, truly what I'd say even mean, like some people say Trump is. I don't think that even comes close, and I don't think they are alike at all in many, many ways. But... What he doesn't do is take garbage. He doesn't uh, he doesn't take garbage from the left. He also doesn't take it from the right, for that matter. And we'll get to that in a moment. They call him the uh, many of them saying the right wing extremist, which is fascinating and very incorrect. But they do have a few bullet points here. I want to read through that in this in this article. And this is worth interest. It's worth noting because it's interesting how some of it's very accurate, and some of it's doesn't even make sense. So again, we'll get into it. A self-described, this is it, this is the first one, a self-described anarcho-capitalist and quote-unquote candidate often compared to Donald Trump claimed victory in Argentina's presidential election. Okay, the first bullet point, there it is. Often compared to Donald Trump. That's it. Who cares? That's just because he's, um, he's like, I don't care what you're saying. You're wrong. And I am willing to stand up for what I think I know to be right. Uh, Okay, well, if Trump does that, yes, then they are similar. Otherwise, I don't know exactly why they would claim they're they're similar. Um, Maybe their hair? (laughs) 
which Javier's got a, a much better hairdo or at least um, head of hair. It's actually a little fuller. <laughs> but otherwise, I, I, I really don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, there's there's not a, a whole lot that I would say makes them alike. They're anti-war, I guess. Both of them seem to be anti-war. I think Javier Millet is actually quite a bit more, quite a bit more um, anti-war than Trump was. Like, he would not just not start wars, he will end them, kind of kind of anti-war, and go out of his way to cut back and all these things. I, I'm also going to get into what I think the big, interesting going forward point is after all this, but for now, let me let me keep going on these these points, or the, at least the first point. Even anarcho-capitalist, a self-described anarcho-capitalist. What does that mean? Well, an anarcho-capitalist. That's a, actually a term that was created by Murray Rothbard, who is one of my favorite, one of my absolute favorite of all favorite economists of all time. Just a brilliant man in every way, and. He was well. He 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 was so prolific in his writings, and just a genius in what he said and did in those in in his speeches and his writings. It just I love it. I love it. I can't get enough of Murray Rothbard. I haven't read all of his stuff because it's almost impossible. There's just a lifetime's worth of stuff there. So if you're interested in more about Murray Rothbard, you can check basically all of his information, all of his work. You can buy books. You can read for free all of his works that I'm aware of on the Mises Institute's website. That's M-I-S-E-S dot O-R-G, which, by the way, another wonderful resource. Anarcho-capitalism. So what does an anarcho-capitalist believe? Well, they believe in anarcho-capitalism. That is no government and a free market. So if whether or not you like capitalism or capitalist, I wouldn't get hung up on that. That really just means a free market unfettered by government and the the regulations and interference, taxation, etc. that we tend to see with government's horrible interventions. So, um, yeah, there's that. What else? The, um, what else do we find? Um... That's really it. Just no government. Um, no government, free market. Simple as that. So, and I don't mean just less government. He's a libertarian, but I think that's what a true libertarian is, is as little government as possible. And anarcho-capitalists are anarchists. They believe in that no government is necessary. And does that mean he's going to just destroy the government? Peacefully. But I think he hopefully is going to get it... Uh, as low as he possibly can when it comes to government's interference. So this is super exciting, at least in my humble opinion. What else? Okay, the next bullet point. Javier's win, Javier Millet's win, comes as his opponent, Argentina's economy minister, Sergio Massa, conceded defeat. He was expected to win. Even the polls, very similar to Trump, right? Hillary's set to win. Look, she's going to win. And then sure enough, Millet won instead of Massa. All right, next. With a Malay victory, the country will swing to the right. Oh, boy. Will swing to the right amid discontent over soaring inflation and rising poverty. Okay, so he has said he's going to do a few things, one of which is to connect um, their economy to the U.S. dollar. They're literally going to get rid of the Argentinian or the Argentine peso and use the U.S. dollar. 
Why? Because it's the best of the worst. Okay. If there are, there are good options. None of them exist in government or cannot government connected, um, currencies, government fiat currencies, right? But, but the U S is the best. Now there's reasons why that is. That doesn't make it a good option. It's still garbage. It's still garbage. And he knows that he's hoping Bitcoin will eventually take over. So, but there's, you got to have a process. You can't just jump straight from here to there. So you've got to improve step by step. So this is actually, I think a good thing moving right along. I'm going to read this uh, story from the AP, see where it goes. Argentina's economy minister, Sergio Massa, conceded defeat to populist Javier Millet in Sunday's fiercely polarized presidential runoff, even before the country's electoral authority released official results. Massa congratulated his opponent, a right-wing economist, who has promised a dramatic shakeup for many of the nation's institutions and welcomed frequent comparisons of him to former U.S. President Donald Trump. Immediately after Massa's concession speech, the Argentine Electoral Authority released partial results, with 86.6 of votes tallied. Millet had 55.95% and Massa 44.04%. With a Millet victory, the country will swing to the right amid discontent over soaring inflation and rising poverty and empower a freshman lawmaker who describes himself as an anarcho-capitalist and got his start as a television talking head blasting what he called the political caste. Sounds like me. I mean, okay, I don't want to compare myself to him, but definitely like we're on the same page. Let's put it that way. Inflation has soared above 140% and poverty has worsened while Massa has held his post. Malay, a self-described anarcho-capitalist, they've said this twice, uh, three times, kind of the bullet point. This is really bizarre. Has proposed to slash the size of the state and rein in inflation while the government minister he was running against warned people about the negative impacts of such policies. The elected, sorry, the election forced many to decide which of the two they considered to be the least bad choice, which again, here's a rip on, they're like, well, of course, they didn't like this guy, even though the, you know, all the mainstream media loves Massa because he's one of them. They don't like Millet. He's garbage, right? That's their opinion. They think, oh, this guy's going to be the worst, literally the worst, other than Donald Trump himself going over there, right? So so they have, but now since the people have literally, literally chosen, they don't want to insult all the Argentines who have actually ripped or have chosen Millet. So they say, hey, they just had to choose the least of the two bad choices, right? So... Continuing on, Malay's screeds resonated widely with Argentines angered by their struggle to make ends meet, particularly young men. Again, blame it on the men, right? And and the young men, which means what? That means they clearly don't know what they're doing. These oh, these poor young people, they're look what they're doing. Oh no, the choices they're making. Uh, quote Money covers less and less each day. I'm a qualified individual and my salary isn't enough for anything, end quote. Esteban Medina, 26-year-old physical therapist from Azizia on the outskirts of Buenos Aires, told the Associated Press on the sidelines of a Malay rally earlier this week. Massa, as one of the most prominent figures in a deeply unpopular administration, was once seen as having little chance of victory, but he managed to mobilize the networks of his Peronist party and clinched a decisive first-place finish in the first round of voting. His campaign cautioned Argentines that his libertarian opponents planned to eliminate key ministries and otherwise sharply curtail the state 
would threaten public services, including health and education, and welfare programs many rely on, which they shouldn't. And that's clearly the point Millay would make. Yes, that may all be true, but the more you do that, the worse off this will become. And he's right. So, continuing on. Massa also drew attention to his opponent's often aggressive rhetoric and openly questioned his mental acuity ahead of the first round. And Malay sometimes carried a revving chainsaw at rallies. Yes, he's an excitable TV personality, so you're bound to get a little bit over-the-top stuff like that. That doesn't make him crazy and whatever. But that's, that's all he's got. That's all he's got. Speaking after casting her vote at the Stately University of Buenos Aires Law School, Jennifer Pio, 36, told the AP that she fears a Malay victory would risk the return of dictatorship. Oh, tell me you're dense without telling me you're dense. He literally doesn't have anything, doesn't want the power. He's just trying to take the power away from everybody, including himself, in government. So to quote her, Malay doesn't have the faintest idea of how to govern, said Pio, a homemaker. It isn't bad that he's prideful, but he would need to have a bit more stability. He's unstable emotionally and psychologically. He's unwell. Well, she'll find out soon enough that it's going to be way better than she could have imagined. But Anna, wow, her last name is a little bit more Spanish than I'm hoping to have to try to pronounce here. Um, Iparaguire. Iparaguire. Goodness gracious. Anna. A partner at Polster GBAO Strategies said Massa's, quote, only chance to win this election when people want change is to make this election a referendum on whether Malay is fit to be president or not, end quote. Oh, sorry, she continues. Oh, no, sorry, this is Massa. Excuse me, another quote right after a quote. That was sort of bizarre. We're starting a new chapter in Argentina, and this chapter requires not only goodwill, intelligence, and capability, but above all, dialogue and the necessary consensus for our homeland to traverse a much more virtuous path path in the future, Massa told journalists Sunday after casting his ballot. Millet accused Massa and his allies of running a campaign of fear, and he walked back some of his most controversial proposals, such as loosening gun control, which he will and should. In his final campaign ad, Millet looks at the camera and assures voters he has no plans to privatize education or health care. Quote, we did a great job despite the fear campaign and all the dirty tactics they used against us, Malay told journalists after he voted amid a large security operation as dozens of supporters and journalists gathered at his polling place. One of his supporters is Maria Gabriela Gaviola, a 63-year-old entrepreneur doing everything she can to avoid shuttering her company, which manufactures veterinary products amid surging price, excuse me, surging prices for materials. And the government hasn't helped, including Massa, who has held his ministerial post for over a year. Well, guess what? Maria isn't young or male. And sure enough, she voted for him. Imagine that. What a weirdo. I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, To continue, quote, the productive sector of this country isn't considered. How long can a country that doesn't produce be okay, said Gaviola, who has taken on two side jobs to keep her company afloat? Truth is, I don't know Millet. I've heard him a bit. I don't know him, but the one who I already know doesn't help me. I prefer to try something new. Okay, so maybe she is, uh, she is just voting for the the or voting against someone, and that I think is going to be working for her benefit. We'll see, but uh, I have high hopes. I don't think he's the greatest, but I think as I don't know that any politician is, but I really think this is as close to Ron Paul as we'll ever see on a national level anywhere. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Okay, to continue, most. 
Pre-election polls, which have been notoriously wrong at every step of this year's campaign, showed a statistical tie between the two candidates. Voters for first-round candidates who didn't make the runoff will be key. Patricia Bullrich, who placed third, has endorsed Millet. Underscoring the bitter division, this campaign is brought to the fore. Millet received both jeers and cheers on Friday night at the legendary Cologne Theater in Buenos Aires. Those divisions were also evident Sunday when Millet's running mate, Victoria Villarul, went to vote and was met by protesters angry at her claims that the number of victims from Argentina's bloody 1976-1983 military dictatorship is far below what human rights organizations have long claimed, among other controversial opinion, or excuse me, positions. The vote took place amid Millet's allegations of possible electoral fraud, reminiscent of those from Trump and former Brazilian President uh, Bolsonaro. Without providing evidence, Malay claimed that the first round of presidential election was plagued by irregularities that affected the result. Experts say that such irregularities cannot swing an election and that his assertions were partly aimed at firing up his base and motivating his supporters to become monitors of voting stations. Such claims spread widely on social media and at Malay's rally in Azizia. Earlier this week, all those interviewed told the AP they were concerned about the integrity of the vote. Well, I think that's, especially nowadays worthy of concern so yeah so there's another article on bloomberg still mainstream titled argentina takes leap into unknown with javier Millet as president libertarian promises to dollarize economy shut central bank oh it's gonna be great Millet took office or sorry Millet to take office december 10 after beating peronist candidate so um, I'm not going to go into that actual article, but I at least want to uh, point out how they at least see him. And he's seen as a couple things. One is worrisome because he's mentally unhinged. Maybe he's just, he's really just loves the theatrics, similar to Donald Trump. Uh, so, of course, they hate him for that. Also, they think his extreme politics, which, yeah, they, maybe they are extreme. I don't think you see that as a bad thing. But his extremist politics means that he will just destroy the government or make it into a dictatorship, right? So, which, again, possible? Always. Always. It's always possible. But is it going to happen? I sincerely doubt it. I think the the worst that we can assume is that he will actually be assassinated, which I really hope doesn't happen. But is it possible? Absolutely. Because they're going to, they hate this guy. And I don't know why they wouldn't, right? He's very hateable. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I think this is this is not their guy. He does not like the mainstream. He does not like the regular politics that we've seen ever, really. So this is going to be really exciting, in my opinion, because that's not at all what we want. Right, We want somebody who's going to shake things up in the right direction. Somebody who understands how the economy works. He is an economist. He's not just an economist, everybody. He is an Austrian school economist. So he's trained and follows the Austrian school, meaning he is very much in the understanding that government makes things worse. It does not make things better. So I agree with that. On that note... 
want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a wonderful week. If you need more, feel free to join me tomorrow. I'll be back on the radio Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week. I'm going to be obviously I'm going to be off Monday, or Thursday and Friday, but should be fun. I'm hoping to get another episode of this podcast out later this week or this upcoming week. But happy Monday, everybody, and enjoy this wonderful holiday week. And this is The Edge of Understanding. I appreciate you listening. I'm your host, Mike Holmes, and I will talk to you all next time.